The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook's top-rated app. No, download their app and sign up using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. And Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver on the show today. I don't have the exact number, but it seems as if the Sixers have packed 30 or 40 games in these last two weeks. Uh, and they're all going to suck in one way or another. But the Sixers won against the Pacers. So we will talk about that. And hopefully we'll talk about some more DeAndre Jordan flagrant fouls. Uh, also discuss a report that Doc Rivers could is being talked about as the next head coach of the Lakers. And the Joel Embiid MVP press tour continues, including some Philadelphia fan service. Before we get going, we need to give a congratulations to uh, Wes, Wesley, uh, writes Ricky Sanchez listener, uh, Wesley, who welcomed his daughter to the world, Hollis Cheyenne. Hollis. Pretty now, good. We tweeted back, there's a photo, and Wes is wearing the Rights Ricky Sanchez Adopt Don't Shop hoodie with Abby's artwork on the back. We asked, Hollis, really? Yes, Wesley says. My wife came up with it, not me. I think the podcast may have incepted the idea. Look at her practicing her finger guns. Wow. Now, congrats. Do you believe that they named the baby Hollis and it has nothing to do with Hollis Thompson? And the guy's got like every fucking I don't. Wiki. I don't think it has nothing to do with Hollis Thompson. Yeah, okay. All right, good. He said, my wife came up with it. I've never, come on. Definitely named after Hollis Thompson. We got to get this information to Hollis. Congratulations to Wesley and your daughter, Hollis. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait for- to see whatever she does in her life because she'll yep. do it 40% of the time, yep. every time. Uh, speaking of percentages, 9.1% off is what you get from your first order at Kinetic Skateboarding. It got a little warm in my office here. I had the tan Kinetic Reaper hoodie that I got. Hold on. Let me show it to the uh, YouTube folks. Ah, look at this, everyone. It's great. Wait, where is it? See it? Got the Reaper on it. There you go. Great hoodie. Uh, kinetic Skateboarding. We love their gear. We love their skateboards. If I was a youngin, I would, I would definitely buy their skateboards. But for now, because I'm old, I just buy the gear. Love it. Sneakers you can't get anywhere else. Uh, gear you can't get anywhere else. KineticSkateboarding.com. 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who completes 40% of everything he does. That is one, Mike Levin. Another win. Mm-hmm. It was a win. It was legally a win. They've won three in a row. This is when they should be gearing up for mm, the playoffs, like for getting healthy. We have that week of the play-in to, to sort of chill out. Yep. There's some really good things that happened tonight on the offensive end. There were. And Bede and Maxi. But then... Mm-hmm. What? What happened? Still talking about a backup center. Still, yeah. still mm-hmm. talking about it. They haven't quite figured it out, have they? We, we really have been doing this for so many years. 
Ever Good since thing, Joel's, li- even before he started playing with Nerlens and Okafor, we've been doing it for his whole fucking career. Remarkable stuff. But the, the good thing is Daryl Daryl uh, thinks it's funny and doesn't. It's not a big deal. I did. I, I did tell him like right. you have to understand how long we've been living with this, and I don't think he quite does. But here we are again, Embiid plus twenty in thirty nine minutes. DeAndre Jordan in nine minutes before he got graciously ejected. <laughs> the dumbest refs are so fucking stupid man incredible <laughs> remarkable stuff thank you you dumb losers thank you uh in nine minutes minus 11 for deandre jordan um and this is just what it's going to be like he, same thing against the Cavs. i think um, don't you feel bad being I, like i don't want to direct it at deandre jordan who has been i do himself. a little i don't he's he's just him he's not doing it on purpose well, no one does anything on purpose. Then why not be why be mad at anybody on the on offense or on the team at any point? Well, it's not an effort thing. He's just he's oh, he's cooked. It, it's it's sure. Maury and the Rivers. Like I sure. I just I I just can't believe this was the backup. We're, I mean, we're here again. Like I think part of it is that it's like a cursed position. Maybe like mm. at this point, mm. at this point, it's some something wild is going to befall whatever. Uh, person that they this whatever sad human they they saddle with this role um wilson chandler died probably fairness um maybe already dead yeah um yeah it's look do you think jordan should be playing shouldn't be playing professional basketball anymore do you think jordan should not be playing professional (laughs) basketball anymore like there are things on the offensive end that james harden can make him playable with his passing and penetrating, for sure. Oh, did but Harden play tonight? There, there's no one <laughs> that is 6'10 or taller that can't catch a lob in the NBA. So I'm not going to give him these like, oh, what a great play. Like, B-Ball Paul can catch a lob. Charles Bassey can catch a lob. Boban can catch a lob. Like, we don't need it to be DeAndre Jordan. And it's just because Doc has heard of him for a while. That he's going to put him in, like he. There is nothing that Harden can do on defense that makes DeAndre Jordan playable. And when you have a backup center backing up Joel Embiid, who's arguably the best defensive center in the league, like you need them to be able to be playable on defense. And DeAndre's not. And like, would B-ball Paul or Charles Bassey like make mistakes in big moments? Of course. They're, but they're going to get eight to 10 minutes in the playoffs and we just need them to not die. And DeAndre Jordan, every time he's out there, almost every time he's out there is dying. He is, they are a hopeless defense with him. If they had more wings, if they had more wings that like were capable defenders, then maybe it wouldn't look as bad, but they really need someone who is going to get stops on the defensive end. And DeAndre is not that he is absolutely not. The Sixers have I would say one, and I'm going to add a second, and I'm going to say Tobias is the second one, even though his off-ball stuff is crazy. I think Tobias has no peripheral vision. I think, I don't think he can, I don't think he has, a, like, I would honestly get his eyes checked. On-ball, he's been playing great on-ball. Wild Quick thing. hands. You want to call him wild thing? Slapping the ball. He just has, he cannot look outside of this. As a passer, he can't look outside of it. As a defender, he can't look outside of it. He has to be, like, just fully engaged one-on-one. And so they, they don't have enough wing defenders aside from Tobias and Matisse to withstand all of the penetration that every other player on this roster is allowing to get into the, into the paint. And Deandre is not good. He's not good around the rim. He's not good away from the rim. He's not good on switches. He's not good on hedges. He's not good on blitzes. He's not good in a house. He's not good with a mouse. None Can of I it. Make and he's one- still like ra- rallying people together in a huddle being like talking through people. And it's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Unless you're like telling people what the eighties were like, like you don't need to be here, like on a platform telling people anything. Hold on. He is incapable of doing his job. I want, and I doc is still him. playing him. It's remarkable. I want to correct something you said. You said that doc is playing him because he's heard of him for a while. I want to correct that because if, if, if it was any, uh, if there was any doubt that the backup center signings were, were doc service, 
it's not just that Doc has heard of DeAndre Jordan. Doc was one of DeAndre Jordan's earliest advocates in the NBA, pushing for him to be all NBA, pushing for him to be defensive player of the year, pushing for him. Like all of those things happened when he was with the Clippers. Now, he was good then. But for like sure. There, he was there, absolutely yes. playable back then. Like but, no one would argue that. And so was Paul Millsap back then. Sure. But but what, what has happened is... And because it was the same thing with Greg Monroe. Remember, they signed Greg Monroe, who was clearly better than Jordan. But the thing about Greg Monroe is that Doc had always wanted him, was friends with him from when he was a little kid or whatever the fuck it was. And now we got DeAndre Jordan. Like, there are times in life where you should do favors. I'm for genuinely forgetting. Was Greg Monroe when Doc was here? No, not Greg Monroe. Uh, Andre Drummond. I'm sorry. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. That was sorry. a breath. Was, My brain is broken. There's, yeah, been, yeah. there's been too many backup yeah. centers. It's, and um, they're all the same. The The... The, uh, there are times in life where you can do favors for coworkers. You can buy somebody lunch. You can pick up coffee because you're going to get some. You can even tell somebody, hey, you know what? You don't have to come in tomorrow. I have your job covered. But when you are a team looking to win a championship and the only thing that you need from your backup center is to play like, defense, it's not the time for favors for the other guy. Like, it's just not the time. Like, and this, we'll get to it. This is one of the reasons that that I that Doc won't be here next year is not simply because of the, the coaching, but is because this weird fucking split of, of power within the organization because Doc got hired first, got promised some like personnel, you know, things. And it's not one of these things. Now, I'm, I'm not absolving Daryl Morey. Trust me, when whenever that fucking... Harden Max contract comes, it'll be his day too. But like, this is just not the time for this. It's not the time for the guy that you've heard of or the guy that you know, especially when he can't play anymore. He just can't play It's just remarkable. And then he gets tossed and like Embiid is obviously absolutely incredible. He's one of the best players in franchise history. He is just remarkable when he decides to be, like he decides to take it personally. He was talking a lot of shit tonight, which is kind of fun. It feels like Lloyd Pierce he just wanted to like prove it to him for some reason, former assistant coach Lloyd Pierce, um, and he's just like he didn't even get to the line that much. He didn't take that many threes. He kind of just like went down and just like punished yep. whoever, whatever big guy was uh, getting sent to him by Indiana. And Indiana has some interesting big guy. I like Isaiah Jackson. He's really athletic. He's really long. Can block a lot of shots. Jalen Smith is a nice little stretch five option off the bench. Um, they didn't have Goga tonight, whatever. But like he just he's you know. He'll face better teams, obviously, in the playoffs, but like the how good he's gotten and just like his touch inside, just power and finesse, and he's he's remarkable. But like how Yeah, I just want to talk about Embiid. I like you know what I mean? Wasn't it when they were up 30 or wherever the fuck they were up before they, the game got blown up and Embiid was destroying them and Tyrese Maxey had seven threes in the first half. Mm-hmm. I just thought to myself, what a delight the podcast is going to be afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those ones where we're just rambling about how good everybody is. This I started is typing a tweet dumb. about how the game was in single digits when the, when it was like a 17 point lead. It was like, you just know, <laughs> yeah, you knew it was going coming. to happen because like, <laughs> There's not enough, like, the offense wasn't the problem. Like, they scored 131 points. Like, even when Embiid was off the court, they were still hitting a ton of threes. Tobias it was 5 of 6 from 3, 0 for 5 from 2, which is very fun, and hope Tobias, like, recognizes that in himself. Um, Harden hit a couple, Niang hit 3, Shake hit 2, Embiid hit 2, Max hit 8 of 11, which is, which is wild. Newbeck, I mean, everyone's going to keep doing it forever, but, like, 8 threes for Maxi, 7 in the first half, more than Ben had his whole career here. Um, pretty wild. And like, I, I know you admitted this, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, but like maxi legitimate shooter. Yes. hundred percent. Not a fluke. Like he's the second best three point shooter by percentage in the league right now in the league, in the whole league, the NBA national basketball association. He's incredible. He's really, really good. And I'm very happy, especially based on how, you know, there was hope with Harden that like his lack of burst was a I'm frustrated in Brooklyn thing because of like the shenanigans that were going on there. But like, and I'm still holding out hope that some of the lack of burst is a regular season thing um, because I'm certainly giving regular season effort in, in the podcast. So of course it would it would stand to reason that he would be giving regular season effort in games. So on, when I show my burst in the playoffs, then mm-hmm. I assume that he's going to show his as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> They're very glad that they didn't trade Maxi for Harden 
for a number of reasons. Um, and it's amazing how much how much the team would have been drowning if if Maxi was just the same guy he was midway through last season. This season, it oh, would have yeah. like they would have won like they would have been on pace for like forty one wins, even with Embiid being as good as he was. Like it's been remarkable how how much he has saved them, and how thank you, Mike Muscala, every day for the rest of my life. I love this kid. We will whenever we get to do another live Ricky. We will absolutely hang a Muscala banner. Like guy needs it. Nobody deserves it more than him. We gotta um, do one in the fall. But man, it would have been nice to see even when. Even when even when DeAndre came out, it was like you could have got you could have stolen me some B ball Paul minutes. We could have just like seen it a little bit and been like, okay, if not for DeAndre, like it would have been B ball Paul. And it's I, I just don't know what what literally what is it going to take for Doc to go, maybe it's not DeAndre. Maybe I should try something else. Like he's talked about Earlier in the season, talked about like the assistant coaches, like Dwayne Jones was on me for like, he's ready. Charles Bassey, he's ready. And he plays him and like, yeah, he looks pretty good. Wow. And then like later on, he was like, hey, I almost played Paul. I almost played him. And that's a win for him. He's fucking with us. He's fucking with us. It's just like, I I just genuinely don't understand like what will have to happen. Will DeAndre Jordan's, will will his leg have to fall off from, will both DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap have to follow up or will they just be like Tobias at center? We got it. We don't need it. Like I, I genuinely am worried that like there's absolutely nothing that could happen for him to play Paul Reed because he's weird because Paul Reed is weird and he looks weird on the court. His limbs move in an interesting way. And I think doc is just like, that's not basketball. Well, he's I, a stubborn asshole. <laughs> he's just like, he's a stubborn asshole. He's a, he's a, I, I, okay. Doc thing in a second. First, First, hold on, because if I start this, that I'm, I'm not going to be able to get to this. Adam Kasabi, official realtor of the process, not a stubborn asshole. You can't be a stubborn asshole to be the official realtor of the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. You can't be. Not in today's market. It's fucking crazy out there. It's crazy. If you're going to buy a house, if you're going to sell a house, Adam Kasabi is who you have to go to. K-S-E-B-E. His whole team, he's got a whole team now, works out of Long and Foster and Bethany Beach. Summer's coming up. You need a, a Delaware beach house. Definitely. I know everyone from our area goes to the Jersey Shore, but more and more people are going to Delaware. Why? Less crowded, better shore points, lower property taxes. Or Bethany or uh, Rehoboth or Dewey or Lewis or any of those places, Kasabi and his team can help you out down there. They got all the Delaware covered. They got all of Maryland covered. And if you need a realtor that isn't in one of those places, well, you can still go to Kasabi because he will interview realtors until he finds you. one. He's a great dude, has helped several of our listeners, and he he really has a passion for doing this. If you have a realtor, it's like when we were talking about Mortgage CS. If you, you need your realtor to be on all the time, 100% of the time. You text at any time you can get them. That is Adam Kasabi. 302-864-8643. 302-864-8643. Or email Adam at processrealtor.com. That's Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. When you think about Doc Rivers, and again, not a big talk about the coach guy, but really don't know what his key benefit is. I don't get the sense that he's beloved by players. He is not a great strategist. He is not great with the media. He is... I just... I don't know what he does well. Well, being I great with the media is like the least important thing any coach could ever. No, it's it, well. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look at what For he sure. is actually good at. You know, like what his he's a dickhead to the media. Players like the Clippers turned on him. Like I don't think players like him. Like I don't think that's a thing that they like Doc Rivers or anything. There might be some players that like him, but I don't think he is like Mister Players Coach or whatever. Well, ask Not, JJ next time he comes on the pod. <laughs> He's not a strategist or anything. I I just I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be good at. Like that's all. I like everybody. He makes eight million dollars a year to to just like to not know basic shit. Is eight million dollars a year? He's blown more three one leads than any coach in the history of basketball. All right, whatever. Um, anything else on this game? The the max before we get to the the Lakers rumor. Embiid was fucking bananas tonight. Maxi, I've got nothing left. 
to like question about him. And you mentioned, I did say that. I, I don't know what to say. He, I, I just, I want him to take more of the offensive load. I know you've been saying this for a while, especially when Harden's going to come in and just like not even try in this game. Like, like he wasn't, he, he barely even showed up in this game. Uh, so if we're going to get that and he's going to defer as much as he's deferring and also get stoned a few straight times by a, a Pacers player. I feel like it happens every game. Just let Maxi do more. I'd love to see, I know he scored 30. I, I would love to see 30 Maxie, on 12 shots. Yeah. I would love to see him take 19 shots every fucking game. Really? Like truly at this point, just let him work some shit out. You know? Yeah. I mean, 14 is for Harden. Like, love him as a distributor. Really wish. Some of his passes were strange tonight. It seemed like there wasn't much, like, zip on him. It seemed like he threw a bunch of, like, lollipops. He wasn't um, trying. Watch the game again. He wasn't even sweating. He's too fat not to sweat. It would just be nice to give Maxi the, like, the, the role of, like, we need a bucket. Here you go. And it seems like there's still some deferring to Harden, which is, like, that is that bothers me less than the backup center thing. Um, but I do think, like, Maxi with the ball in his hands is, especially in the playoffs when they're not going to call that shit, a better option than Harden. Although Harden is getting to his floater a little bit more, which I'm uh, fine with. But yeah, I mean, the backup center thing is driving me insane. Matisse yeah. missed a couple like wide open layups today. That was pretty funny. Oh, he, he um, looked fucking terrible. And then the dunk. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. He, he's going to be, he's still like, the the fact that they have no other like weapons defensively outside of Embiid, like he needs to play and he's gonna have to keep. I'm, I want him shooting those threes. I want him cutting the basket and getting those opportunities. He'll keep getting better at it. Absolutely. Is but, anybody more open in the corner than Matisse Stiebel in the no, entire? But like NBA? he should be taking it absolutely. And he's yeah. not like the difference between like, he shoots like thirty one percent from three. Like if he was thirty six percent from three, that'd be like another make a month. Like it's not that. Much. Yeah, but 30, 31% with nobody guarding him. Totally. But they're not going to guard him unless he starts shooting like Dorian Finney-Smith level, where he's like actually a weapon. Like I'm, I'm fine with him taking those shots. That's a good shot. Um, but man, the backup center thing is driving me crazy. It is. I would love to see B-Ball Paul play B-Ball <laughs> on the court. <laughs> And because like, I think the biggest by Paul, do you think maybe we'd find out the, the, the answer if we were yeah. able to see him play, how much basketball can doc rob B-ball Paul of <laughs> until he has to like lose his name. He's just B. He's, he revokes he's like, it. He's like Michael J. Fox in back to the future fading away. Yeah. The nickname yeah. is fading away. <laughs> yeah. Um, just choking myself. The, um, <laughs> I just, I do wonder like the bigger thing, like for the, for the next, let's say five years of Embiid's prime, like what, like the, the backup center journey, which was like several horrible players that couldn't move. And then Al Horford, who was being paid <laughs> half the payroll and then several more players who couldn't move. And then like maybe the idea of Ben as a backup center but like he never really established any verticality back there. They didn't try it that much. He probably didn't want to do it that much. And then like, then they tried going small with like Tobias as a backup center and like Niang. And it's like, well, that's not going to do anything. Like they just have not ever figured out aside from like, I mean, I guess DeAndre or uh, Andre Drummond, like the first half of the Dwight Howard season and the first half of the Drummond season were like fine. I don't think that they were great. I think I don't think that they would have been sustainable in the playoffs as as Dwight certainly wasn't. Um, Andre is better than Dwight for sure and would have been at least something. But like, how do you play? Can you get like a coach to figure out how to play, how to scheme a defense when Embiid is not just like making up for everybody's mistakes? Sign Bismack Biombo. Like get Bismack Biombo. Like get like just get fucking somebody. But I think Biombo, like with the with the Suns, Biombo looks good because they have so many good wing defenders. Yeah, but he's, and like a competent system, Biombo would look like anybody we have had. I don't think I love. I look. I love the pitch. I love the suggestion. Thank you for it. I hear it. I don't think Bismarck Biombo is the answer, but I respect it. He would be better than DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap. I don't know that that's oh, functionally true. It. Yes, it is. Yes, Biombo was was sitting. We're on the street, he wasn't doing anything for for half a year. 
The reason why he looks good is because Chris Paul's making him look good. Paul Paul Millsap hadn't played in three months. Like, like that's fine. At least Paul Millsap has the idea of a three point shot. Biombo's not doing anything. Like, I love it. it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I respect it. I don't agree with it, but I'm happy. I'm happy it exists. That Biombo would be the answer, and that you think that Biombo wouldn't wouldn't do exactly the same thing that we we are living through right now. Um, But I like. At least Bassey's well, like... you want to you, put in Paul Reed. I mean, it would be the same thing. Like no Paul one, Reed's no one. Paul Reed's an, incredi- an incredibly gifted defensive player just in a weird way. And Doc <laughs> is determined to be like 90s normal. <laughs> he is determined. He really is. He absolutely is. He can't help himself. He wants to play so many power forwards at once. Like all he wants to do is play like six, nine power forwards who shoot from like 12 feet out. Like he's dying to do it. But like, there's some assistant coach, Sam Cassell's like, bro, you can't do that. You can't play four power forwards at once anymore. They can't shoot. And he's like, grumbles about it and it's fine. But like, he just, he's like, I'm not giving up how much I want a normal backup center to get absolutely dusted over and over again. Because if B-Ball Paul does anything weird whatsoever, I will lose my mind. It's, it's, it really is remarkable that he has not tried it. Like, I, I mean, I could talk about it for several podcasts. On my head, gonna, my forehead gonna, is resting on the mic right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet Daryl while we're doing this and say, I just want Doc to like watch previous, want like watch the Raptors series. Come on the pod, watch right any now series and explain. Anyone do why anything? You won't play. This isn't going to work. Ball. It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Someone has to answer for it. We're all watching it, and I get that. Like, I don't think Paul Reed is the best possible option in the world. But he's the best possible option on this team. And but he's the best possible option. You're watching, like, you watch the Clippers. Isaiah Hartenstein is good. He is a good backup center. He is taking minutes away from Ivica Zubats because Hartenstein can tweet pass still. and he can <laughs> protect the rim and he keeps guys from scoring easy buckets and he moves his feet well and he has like young legs. And DeAndre Jordan is none of those things. All he can do is catch a lob if no one's around. And like in the playoffs, people are going to be around. Does Dan Burke have a Twitter? I don't know. <laughs> I just like, you look at so many teams that have like figured it out and the Sixers for so many years are either spending like half of a medium-sized country's GDP on Al Horford or they're just like insisting on playing the same guy like lumbering 34 year old body dragging their ass <laughs> two years older than me <laughs> dragging their ass around like just old legs like 17 meniscus surgeries just like lumbering around watching them get absolutely dusted and then they go like Tobias looks at them and goes like what the deal it's just I, I can't believe we're still doing it it's over and over again how long have I been talking about this on this podcast I blacked out it is it is remarkable that we keep wait the pace doing it the pay, um, so I'm watching the Pacers broadcast, and by the way, they might be the one broadcast in the NBA that is as homery as the Philadelphia broadcast. They are pretty intense. But after after DeAndre Jordan got kicked out of the game, and B did something good, and the color guy goes, "That's why I wanted DeAndre Jordan in the game." Well, sure. <laughs> he said, "Like it's when the when the opposing." broadcast crew is talking about how they want one of your players in the game. That's usually a negative thing. So it's, it's unbelievable. I would Terry Taylor on the Pacers would absolutely rather have him as a backup center. He's not a center, but absolutely anyone on this team. Absolutely. It's like, there's so many options everywhere else and there's options on the Sixers bench and doc just insists on playing like the same four guys he's, he had on his like original Nokia phone. He's like, I had, I had this guy's number and I'm going to call him and he's going to play 12 minutes a game in the playoffs for me. And he's going to be a minus 14 in those minutes. And I'm going to say, I liked what I saw (laughs) in the post game and all the reporters are going to make the same face at me. And I'm going to get so upset at them and blame them for why the Sixers are losing another series. The question is, would we be saying this about Greg Popovich if this was a decision that Pop made? Mm. Don't let him become just Paul. Bring back the B-ball. We need the B-ball. 
We it's need like the people. Instrumental to who he is is playing <laughs> basketball. Yeah. If he's if he's unable to play for several months at a time, then he's just Paul. Yeah. What a shame. <sighs> Embiid's very good. Max is very good. Yeah. Franchise record for threes. If only they weren't. How did Embiid have to play 39 minutes in this game? Like, it is fucking obscene. By the way, he has the lead in the uh, points per game. He is in the lead for the scoring title. How many more games does LeBron have to play to qualify? I think you have to play. He has to play one more game. I thought I heard two. Okay. But CJ says one. He's the producer. So it's one more game. There it is. And he is percentage. Here's all I want. I want Joel Embiid to win it, but the very least, I want him to make LeBron do something very obvious and pathetic to get it because I think that would be a victory too. Like LeBron scoring 64 in a 22-point loss to win a scoring title for a Lakers team that was out of the play-in, I think would be a, a victory for Embiid. I want Embiid to win MVP. Yep. And then everyone in the front row of the award ceremony or whatever shrine is, is Embiid's former backup center and doc rivers. <laughs> and I want Embiid to throw the trophy so hard at one of their faces that it just keeps going through and they keep banging into it from behind like bowling pins <laughs> and they all get knocked out. Uh, Embiid right now at DraftKings. shout out DraftKings. Um, plus two twenty, RIP. I think I I think it's still possible that he wins it. But Rip Ethan at DraftKings fifty to one and beat MVP bet. Sorry to hear that, buddy. I got dinner next time. Jokic is minus three twenty. Giannis is plus six hundred, and the Sixers still sit at plus one thousand to win the title. There at DraftKings, two titles. Speaking of which, up for grabs at the stacked UFC two seventy three fight card. Join into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers, are you a new customer? Bet five bucks on any fighter and get a hundred dollars in free bets, win or lose guaranteed. If no sportsbook available yet in your state. Everyone can play for a share of millions in prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA contests. Draft your lineup of fighters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for strikes, takedowns, and more. I love DraftKings. Safe, safe, secure, reliable, and a supporter of the Ricky. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Throw down five bucks on UFC 273. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code RTRS this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The uh, Apple Podcast five-star review of the week, we are at 3,067. Leave us a five-star review. This one is only one star. The subject line, trash. I stopped listening when I realized I don't like either of these people. That's a great reason to stop (laughs) listening. It's one of the best I've heard. All right. This per Jake Fisher. Did you wait before you get that? Did you see Justin Anderson? No. Justin Anderson on the Pacers, former Sixer, was Uh, like... Joel Embiid's hype man for mm-hmm. his entirety of his time here. Yeah. Now he's playing for the Pacers, played a couple minutes tonight. Um, and as Embiid's doing the post-game interview with NBC Sports Philly, uh, Justin Anderson grabs the like headpiece microphone and like takes it from him and says, give the man his damn MVP. Oh, um, there we go. S- still trying to get that last roster spot on the Sixers. <laughs> Honestly, Justin, you would have regular rotation minutes. I would rather have Justin Anderson as the backup center than DeAndre Jordan. Okay. Uh, Justin Anderson was the guy with Embiid at the Super Bowl when right. uh, Amos uh, almost broke, broke Embiid's hand. hand. Yeah. That's right. Fucking, what was he doing? Just He went full hogey goon. Like, who grabs Embiid's hand so hard when something him that he hurts it? Yeah. Finally ready to prove it. All that like sweet singing music that Amos does. He <laughs> was he was finally ready to shed that moniker and put it all into breaking Embiid's hand. Yeah, yeah. Did it he did it in a smooth and sexy way. Uh, but he did it nonetheless. This is per Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Doc Rivers, the Philadelphia 76. So this was an article about Frank Vogel getting fired at the end of the year because it's definitely his fault 
that they traded for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Doc Rivers, the Philadelphia 76ers head coach, is another active bench leader being mentioned by league personnel as a potential Lakers candidate. Rivers' tenure in Philadelphia has also come into question of late, spurred by team president Daryl Morey's deadline acquisition of James Harden and the mounting speculation that followed about a potential reunification with Harden's Harden's former Rockets head coach, uh, Mike D'Antoni. Rivers had also been linked by several league sources as a potential replacement for the Jazz in the event Quinn Snyder does depart Utah. Rivers was the head coach in Boston from 2004 to 2013 under Jazz CEO Danny Ainge. I think there will be a lot of Doc Rivers' agent working overtime, getting him into every rumor possible so he can find a soft landing spot after uh, after they they disappoint in the playoffs, potentially. I would love to see Doc Rivers go to the Lakers and just have a fucking miserable year. Like, I would love that. What do you think the odds that Doc is the coach of the Sixers next year? Percentage um, chance. I feel like he probably will get another year. Mm. It's It hasn't been great, but, and there was that like, very, very obvious Danny Green quote. Like I love those things where they're like anonymous source that could be one of like six people. Like it's like they right. also did that for there was like an athletic article. Of like we talked to assistant coaches from two teams that this team <laughs> lost to beat lost, or beat in the tournament. And it's like, well, they beat four teams. So there's yeah. like there's very few options of who it could be. So it's probably Tom Izzo. I would, I'm guessing it's Tom. Like it's just like, we're not going to really shroud this in mystery a little bit. Like this, like seeing a guy in an interview and like the lights are just like a little bit dimmed and it's like, well, we can still see like that's, we know, we <laughs> know who that is. His voice. It's yeah. not, not even a little bit even. It just looks like, like that's very obviously Jim Beheim. What are we doing? Um, so yeah, I just think, I just sort of feel like, there's like a good a good feeling among doc enough with enough of the players and like mm. i i know that it's not like mm. i don't know i'm 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 sort of i guess what i'm saying is like do you like, think danny green's going to talk about the rumor on his podcast i think he might i think he might i'm hearing this rumor and i just want to refute my own self from earlier <laughs> that picture of myself uh dimmed um yeah i just i just sort of feel like I I want it to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a little bit weird if it like if D'Antoni replaced him, even yeah. though like he's obviously it looks available. So obvious. He's, like it's so it's too obvious. I think in yeah. a, in, a, in a strange way, um, he's Dan has Burke, a relationship with Dave Sixers Yeager. owners uh, thanks to our friend Jerry Colangelo, who brought him in to uh, to breathe down Brett's neck. Um, has a relationship with Joel. Um, you say Sam Cassell? Yeah, maybe Sam Cassell. Dave Yeager? I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. I, I don't know. It's it's it'd be bizarre, like Doc having a you know, they're they're making a an FX drama about the uh, Donald <laughs> Sterling thing where Doc is like the main character. That's gonna be really <laughs> playing himself. <laughs> really torture. No, he's not playing himself. Did you, you didn't see this? Oh, no, wait, this is a real thing? This is a real thing, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about that's why Doc was going to go to the Lakers no, no, no. to be real a thing. part of this. Real thing they announced it like two days ago, I think. Oh, who's playing Doc? Oh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? CJ, pipe in if you remember. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, playing Doc. Lawrence Fishburne is way too fucking cool to be playing Doc Rivers. Sure. Oh, my God. But if you don't look at Doc Rivers' backup center rotation, then you might think he's cool. Do you think maybe Lawrence Fishburne will have that... Oh, like former NBA player, like sort of uh, like knees all fucked up. Walk yeah, that I, Doc think has. I think he'll be able to get that pretty good. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm just sure I'm just imagining. Cause when you do a show that like is partly based on real people, which I've done a couple, like you sometimes will sit down with them. Yeah. Like they'll come into the writer's room and, and chat or they'll, they'll just like be on a zoom or whatever, which we've, which we did plenty of for young rock, by the way, watch young rock. It's on tonight. My episode is next week. Um, and, uh, I could just imagine doc like loving to entertain those, those writers that are just like, so what is your stories? And like, how did you feel about it? And it's, it always gets weird. Every, every single, 
every single like talk to former, like we talked to, uh, well, this wasn't weird, but we talked to uh, Chavo Guerrero for Young Rock. That was awesome. Was they cool. should get Will Smith to play Doc. is not going to be that Doc cool Rivers. for them. What you They should get Will Smith to play Doc. It's just like his big fucking comeback. Maybe. It's fucking be Fishburne, though. knocks DeAndre Jordan on his ass and That'd be cool. That'd be a cool a interpretation. Real, yeah. That'd be an interesting one. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm assuming we get Doc for another year. I'm not mm-hmm. assuming that like anybody that replace them with is going to be like great. I think part of it is that like Embiid is so good that any, any backup center is just like, you know, a little hopeless uh, in place of him. But I, that's why I've always wanted them to play like a slightly different style, which B-Ball Paul would, would do. But I, I don't know. I would love to, if we could get, I'd be interested in getting like an innovative head coach on this podcast to say what Doc should be doing different. I don't know if anyone would be willing to, if there's anybody out there that would be willing to do it. Man, I would love to get Brett. <laughs> no, Brett would never do that. He won't. I know he, he won't. Never. And, and Brett also like, you know, this different team, but like had his chance and the backup center sucked with Brett also. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's, I think part of it is this Embiid is very good and there's yeah. a curse. Uh, speaking of Embiid, he has been doing his uh, MVP press tour, which I support. There's been stuff everywhere. He really wants MVP, which also is why I want him to get MVP is another reason. Also For because sure. he deserves it. Um, shout out to Chris Herring, who is on Zach Lowe's podcast, basically def- making the case, not hard making the case, but mostly making the case for Embiid. And then toward the end of the pod, Zach, who I love, just st- went off about how somebody needs to really dig in to the advanced numbers about Jokic on defense. And I was, nobody needs to do that. Anyway, great story from The Athletic. I don't know if you saw this, um, from Billy Lang and his wife. My wife, Alicia, and I have four sons. He takes a car service. This is Embiid. He comes over and Alicia cooks for him. He has this backpack with him. He says to my boys, you guys want to play video games? Of course they're going to say yes. And he takes out his PlayStation. Alicia Lang then says, he literally put it on the main TV in my house. He wanted to, everyone to watch how bad he beat them. Billy Lang says, when I, when I say he pummeled my kids, there was no mercy. I think he won a Madden game 98 to 6. Alicia Lang says, at the time, my kids were 7, 9, and 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which means they went for two, which I respect. Good job, kids. Yeah. And then what I loved after the Cleveland game, and this really stoked. I, I don't know if MB did it on purpose, but this really annoyed national NBA writers. Embiid um, said, so I say it's out of my control. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, I don't know what I have to do at this point. At this point, I feel like they hate me. And it's cool. That's always been kind of like my career in Philly. I feel like in Philly, uh, it always felt like you had to do more. I don't know why, but that's the feeling I always had. I love it. I love the fan service. I love annoying the Jokic stat dorks. I love prodding them with the normal Philly bullshit because Philly gets prodded with normal Philly bullshit. So to throw it right back at them and annoy them, I liked it. Yeah, I, I mean, really like, it's, he's having an MVP year, like yes. 100%. One million percent. It's just like, it's his turn. Yo, I would say that Jogic and Giannis are also having MVP years and they're doing great. And I, it's not, it's not turn. very reasonable for me to say that B deserves it because they've already had it. Yep. We've been, we, we've all been to preschool. Who if needs? you've already had something, you have to give someone else that deserves it a chance. And it's MB's time. And, all the bullshit he's after been through. Like everybody's got like, come on. It's just like, it's time. It's a, it is, it's a, it is a total toss up between those three guys. There's not, there's not the right answer. There's not well, the right the answer. Right answer. And the fact if one of them finishes in the second seed and, and versus the four seed that's split between by like one game difference, that's not going to be the answer either. Like the answer is they all, all three deserve it. Embiid hasn't had it. Give him one. And then they're all three MVP candidates. This isn't loser shit. This is fucking settling when two kids are fighting over a shitty doll or something, come on, the just hardest. do it. Get over yourselves. It's not that important. Give it to him. He deserves no, it. No one's, no one's gonna, no one's gonna judge you for it. No one's, no one's gonna give a shit if you give it to Giannis or Jokic. No one will give a shit. But a lot of people will give a shit, including Embiid, if he gets it. He. I just don't know it. why, like, people that like Giannis fans and and Jokic fans are like as 
fired up about it as they're like, you guys have already had one. Like he got it. You have the validation of having been MVP twice for Giannis and once for Jokic. And that's incredible. And you deserved it. And good for you. They're both absolutely incredible players. It's called our turn. Yeah. Come on. Get over yourselves. He had 45 and 13 tonight. Oh, oh, Embiid. Yeah. 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 He's the, he's the man. The hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Brian B. I would love to hear what the Chicago dude side of the story here is. Got a lot of response on the relationship advice. I'm sure people you, saying I, people whatever side of the story is, I wouldn't believe him. People, people saying that the the emailer may have been hiding parts of the truth. I would say this: if you are obviously the the Portland girlfriend to Chicago guy. You, you are a listener. If you would like to tell your side of the story, I will present your side of the story. I think that's... I, w- I would rather hear from the, from the girlfriend that he's going back to. Oh, well, she... Can you imagine if they're in the car? Put listen, on a podcast. Listen to the podcast. Um, you, want, you want to put on a podcast? <laughs> Wait uh, a sure. minute. You, I'm from Chicago... Just the silence, the yeah. sweaty silence as he, he quietly turns it off. I don't, I've heard this one. I've heard this app. <laughs> I forgot I heard this app already. It's like Mike's being like, annoying. Mike sucks. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> it's fine. Music. It's, I like music. It's like when you're 14 and you're watching a movie with your mom in the room and all of a sudden there's a nudity part and you quickly turn it off. That's what yeah. he was doing. Uh, mailbag in a second. Right now, I want to talk about Briggs Auction, the uh, official auction of the Ricky. They are a four-generation family-owned and operated auction house in Garnet Valley, PA. I am jonesing a little bit because they were having auctions every week. They have big estate auctions with everything from, and, and there's fines in there, man. I'm telling you, if you know your shit or even if you want to take a chance, there's fines in there. There were Tito six tobacco cards. There were uh, classic like autographs and framed shit and furniture that you don't have to worry about waiting eight months from a furniture store for, but they've been having them every week and this week it's off. So the next one goes online next week, a, uh, another discovery auction next week at Briggs, Briggs auction.com slash Ricky Briggs auction.com slash Ricky. There's shit you can bid on from a dollar up to thousands of dollars. And as soon as the auctions come out, I tap through it all day long. If I want to kill 20 minutes during lunch or take a walk outside, I look at Briggs auction, Briggs auction.com slash Ricky. This week's Ricky giveaway at BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky is a Tyrese Maxey rated rookie right here. You can see it, a Patini rated rookie right here. You can see it on the YouTube and a Art of the Take t-shirt. So go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky and just sign up with your email address. It takes like two seconds. Um, Find estates auctions like twice a month, periodic special collection auctions and if you have an estate auction you would like to do, you have a bunch of shit you want to get rid of, just send a note to info at briggsauction.com. They don't ship in-house, but they have plenty of shippers, even for the furniture that they can recommend to you, or you can pick it up right there on site on Saturdays. Again, briggsauction.com slash Ricky. All right, mailbag. Right to rickysanchez at gmail.com. One basketball, one non-basketball. This comes from Gustavo. Hello, CJ and the other two. What is your ideal trade for Beal this offseason? I'm leaning toward trading Harden as the main piece in a Beal trade rather than Tobias. A starting five including Maxi, Harden, and Beal feels like the worst defense in the league, even with Embiid. Thoughts? Well, I don't think you could get Beal without Maxi if you're not. Would you trade Harden for Beal? Like right now? No. That, no. That's not a... I don't think that's a worthwhile trade to make. No? No, I think... I really think Harden, like, as... As imperfect as what about for right Thomas now, like, Bryant? Would you trade Harden for Thomas Bryant? He would be an effective backup <laughs> for Beal and Thomas. Thomas Bryant is rarely healthy, and Thomas Bryant is a really bad defender. Is the only uh, thing. Maybe Dan Gafford. Okay. Is at least like the younger version of that. What about Jan um, Mahimi? Jan Mahimi? No, I wouldn't trade him for Jan <laughs> Mahimi. Him and Bismack Biombo <laughs> can go hang out at your house. Um, yes, it's the like. I don't think honestly. Beal Beal's cool. Like he's a cool player to watch. He's very fun off the catch. He's really added a lot to his game on the dribble drive. But the team just needs more like competent two-way players. 
It's really that's all they need. Well, but he's more of a two way player than Harden. I don't know that that's actually true. I think it used Mm. to be true, and I don't think that it is anymore. I think he is as, um, I think Harden is better than advertised defensively, and Beal is worse than advertised. So at the very least, it's close. I think that's true. Um, I don't think it's close. I I think Beal has the probably physical ability to be better than he has. He's been in a loser situation for a long time now. That's true. You know, that's true. Not, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're saying, okay. Non basketball question, sort of a jigsaw. I saw a meme that depicted a man in the shower taking a shit into his hand and throwing it in the toilet. Mm. Would you rather poop in the shower and stomp it down the drain? (laughs) Stomp it down the drain (laughs) or catch the poop in your hand and throw it in the toilet? Oh, absolutely. Stomp it down the drain. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I would and you don't have, have to do much stomping. Like it'll, the, the water will wear it away. <laughs> this is such an unhinged I think it's fine. I'm like, I'm so close to thinking that it's actually just fine to do and that would be a reasonable thing. <laughs> if I had my own shower that I didn't have to share with Alyssa, then, I would, then there's definitely a time where I'd be like, if I was like in a really bad place, I'd be like, fuck, whatever. It's, it's going to the same place anyway. <laughs> it's basically like peeing in the shower. It's, like no ba- it's the same. Number one, number two, <laughs> just numbers. This comes from George. Hi, Mike, Spike, and CJ. Basketball question. Tobias has been playing a lot better lately. He has. Of course, the playoffs will be telling. But either way, do you have to trade Tobias for more depth in the offseason or at least dump his contract and use that money on free agents? Would it be better to explore trade options for Danny Furk, et cetera, possibly both options? I'm fine trading Tobias, but he has been significantly better i i bet he's not comfortable like this and i bet he doesn't want to spend the rest of his career like this you can almost see the anxiety on his face doing it which is why i give him credit for doing it but Mm -hmm. i would rather have two competent players than one and i maybe you could make that happen with a trade for him so yeah i agree with that i agree with that i'm excited to i'm interested to see how long this lasts yeah. Because he is a good catch and shoot player. Like he is proving right now, like he can do this. He is capable of doing it. Whether it lasts when he like when it tightens up and it gets less comfortable, we'll see. Um, I don't think if I'm the Sixers, I'm not attaching stuff to get off of Tobias just to get off of him. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't think like there's a ton of stuff you could do with cap space or anything. But if you do get two like helpful players on shorter contracts or smaller contracts that add up to it, then I'd be intrigued by it. Um, but if there's, if there's not an option of that where you're just like, and eh, we'll just keep Tobias, we'll trade Danny for someone with functional knees and hips. And, uh, then once Tobias is expiring the following year, right? Cause it's the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then that's a way easier trade to make rather than with, with years attached. Um, hold on. I got lost here. Oh, there we go. Non-basketball question. Who could shit their pants mid-game and hide it better with the way they normally walk? Danny, Danny. or Doc? Danny. D- D- over Doc? Yeah, I think Danny, I think Doc, you'd be able to see it on his face that he shit his pants. And I think Danny <laughs> would be able to roll with it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um... Wait a minute. Where where did the uh, other email go? Okay, this comes from uh, Scott. Hello, friends. Sam Vecini has a podcast, the Game Theory Podcast. Sam just had Matt Moore on to discuss the MVP race. One of the RTRS team has to listen. Has to listen. Has to listen to this. Moore basically said that Embiid is a distant third, and he can't even find a way to seriously consider him. Apparently, their quote narrative doesn't matter anymore. It, it hasn't in many years because the voters stopped caring about narrative years ago. He also subtly indicated Embiid is partly at fault for how the Simmons situation transpired. Yeah, he really, Matt does think that and he's, and he's, he won't give it up. Matt's been, was always been a nice guy to me. It feels like he's been swallowed by Twitter and he is one with the machine now. Like I, I look at his Twitter and it it's, he's, he's fighting with people like 20 hours a day and that the Embiid thing seems like, like it. That. Seems like it's a troll. Part, yes, yes. It, but I'm just saying it. it's consumed him in some Yeah, way. I've been on Sam's podcast. It's a good podcast. Um, it, yeah, the, I don't know. It, people say narrative, but like, it's also just like context. Like, 
Well, that's all narrative of, is. I feel of, like people of, say of what the of what the story is, like how how things got to be the way that they are. Um, Embiid is clearly Embiid and Jokic are clearly wildly more important to their teams than Giannis is, and Giannis has already won two. And I think that you think about context of like, do we really want to give Giannis a third MVP this early in his career and cement him as those guys when these other two guys are are very deserving? To me, I I I, I Jokic is an incredible player. I have nothing against Jokic. He's absolutely an incredible basketball player, and to turn himself into a, a, a good defensive player, he's not even close to in the league as Embiid, but to turn himself into a good defensive player by just being like incredibly crafty is really impressive. And he has great instincts on the defensive end and quick hands, all that stuff. He's, he's a great player. And, and him on offense, he's a better offensive player than Joel. He is. It's not, I think it's, it's, a, yes. it's a clear step up. Yes, but Embiid a is a better offensive. offensive player than Jokic is a defensive player. No, and that's and not even close. I don't think it is either. No, but um, Embiid's going to lead the league in scoring. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that, like yeah. just for, for context there. Yeah. But but Jokic's passing and his finishing and like his like in crazy angles, like he's they're both a joy to watch in their own very different and distinct ways. Um, but the idea that Embiid is not just as deserving because of how much how impressive he is on the defensive end and how much he's playing with like a lot of the time when Matisse, when it's Niang, four, you could argue like well below average defenders. I think I believe in Niang and Tobias a little bit, but like they're not, their foot speed is poor. Harden's awareness and like level of giving a shit defensively comes and goes. And Maxi's a kid and he like and has a lot, has, he's going to be good, I think eventually, but like he has hits and misses. And so for Embiid to like carry them to like, I think they're still like ninth defensively. Um, and it's only because like DeAndre Jordan's corpse is, is his backup. Like he's incredible. He absolutely is deserving of MVP, 100. percent And like these catch-all defensive metrics are not reliable. Like you can use them for some things. You can talk about them, and like this is important, that's important. But like we've had the conversation. You can't just point to that and go like, well, this says it. And by the way, catch-all offensive metrics are unreliable as well. Like like that they are. There, there's no one sitting in an NBA front office figuring out who is better based on VORP. It's just, it's not true. The more numbers you add into one thing trying to do with basketball, the less reliable it is. And here's my final It's a tool. State. I mean, like, yes. I think part of it is like on-off splits for your best player, I think is helpful. And for all players, I think it seems like, okay, is your team better or worse when you're on the court versus when they're off the court? And like, if, if it's not, you know, when, anyway, whatever. And and how about this? Like in the playoffs, like it, I can tell you, Jokic will be targeted defensively, and Embiid will not. Like that—that's a Jokic is certainly better than he was. But I think I, there's a chance Embiid's targeted defensively for sure. As a defending out in space, making him switch, making him exert energy, pick and pop with his guy because he doesn't want to have to like go well, and maybe cover targeted that off. way, but not because he's unable. Like I, I don't think he is. You know, even even for like he's obviously doesn't want to be guarding out on the perimeter, but he's mm-hmm. they're far worse. You know, it's not like Gobert or something like that. The thing I'll close with is I don't think anybody know the word. I don't want to hear anybody say narrative anymore. Here's what narrative means: a spoken or written account of connected events, a story. That's all. We're reading reading dictionary definitions. It just doesn't. It doesn't mean a lie. It doesn't mean a lie or a story or it, it. It's just. It's all of sports is narrative. Without narrative, it is boring. Without a story arc and heroes and villains and overcoming adversity and all that kind of shit, that's just numbers on a page. That. Part of it is making you feel good or making you feel bad, and none of that happens without narrative. It's the whole thing. And if you want to make judgments based on the numbers alone, it is impossible because there is no specific number that tells you who's better than who. It's not how it works. Fuck. Fucking nerd dickheads just staring at fucking basketball reference all the time. I hate it so much. I hate I, it I, so I think that, much. I don't think there's most people that are doing that. I think there's some people, no. obviously, but I think a lot of people, like Jokic is very, very good. And watching him he's play basketball, he's great. very, very good. He's great, but you could sit there arguing the numbers all day long and it doesn't like it, it does not quantify everything. It just yeah, doesn't. Of course. It doesn't. And the one number that 
the, here's the three numbers that matter. Two, one, zero. Giannis has two. Jokic has one. I like that you're on board with us. It's called fairness. Yeah. Look it up. I just think like, and I think about this with making any decision. Like when there's two good decisions or find three good decisions and like the difference is like marginal, just like move on. Like pick one and move on and it's probably going to be fine. And these are all three great decisions. Embiid deserves it, hasn't had it go back to preschool and accept that this would be cool. And also like, if you do believe like a lot of people do, like what's the narrative here? Like if Matt is wrong to think that like Embiid ran Simmons out of town, like that's bullshit. Like that's, that's just like total bullshit. He said like, he said literally one thing. It might've been a turning point when we passed up that wide open dunk, like crazy. What an awful thing to say, like burn him at the stake. Come on. Like more doesn't believe that he's lying. he's, He's been saying it since then. He's been saying it over and over again. I've, I've, I argued with him about it like when it happened and it's just, he's just wrong. He's just straight up wrong. This isn't like a Homer take. Like I was obviously very, uh, Simmons defending for probably longer than I should have been. Mm-hmm. But like this, it wasn't the case. Like guys get into fights. Fucking Jimmy Butler almost choked Eric Spolster in the, in the huddle. Like, what are we talking about here? Like some guys, like he shouldn't have been, that shouldn't have been like, I'm leaving forever. Like that's an insane, that would be, that's a, to to side with that guy for like one thing, it's, it's it's a fundamental misunderstanding of like what like arguments are like and coworker disputes are like. Sometimes you guys disagree about stuff and you gotta like move on. Um, especially in the heat of a moment in like such a high pressure situation. It's just ridiculous. Um Shake had a good game tonight. I wanted to say that. Thank thank you, Shake. He did shoot one three that looked like he was shooting a bowling ball. But sure. otherwise, otherwise it's good. All right. We won't talk to you again until after the regular season is over. We'll talk to you on Monday. Three games left. Good to uh, see TJ so, tonight. Back in action. Yes. What a he definitely returned just so he could play the Sixers. There was no reason for him to come back. He will always want to fucking shove it up the Sixers' asses for not re-signing him. And I love him for it. It was I think he also him. just likes those guys. I think he likes a lot of those yes. the guys on the team. Like he him and Matisse met on vacation. He's friends with Shake still, Embiid, obviously. Him and Niang, I think, might have played together. Uh, no. He's maybe mad at one point. No. He's just like he's around. Yeah. It's good to see. Good to see TJ come back. And uh, he did look a little, little rusty, but good to see him come back. His, uh, his teammates giving him a, um, what's it called? Standing O when he came back. So That's welcome cool. back, TJ. And I love Halliburton. I, I love Halliburton. He's, it he's seemed like he player. was kind of invisible tonight for me. I didn't he feel bunch, much of him He had a couple tonight. steals, a bunch of nice plays. He had 21 points on 12 shots. Like he's, he's, he's legitimately going to be good. And I think that there's a, there's a world where they regret, where Dowell regrets if Harden like continues to like not have that burst where Halliburton keeps taking a step forward and a Maxi Halliburton all Tyrese backcourt would have been really cool for the next like five years. Can I ask you something? If I were to offer you to take it back and trade Ben for Halliburton and Barnes, would you do it? Halliburton and Barnes. Yeah. Um, honestly, maybe just for the, for the future and the idea of like a big Harden deal. Uh-huh. Um, because Halliburton has looked, you know, low stakes in Indiana, not trying to really win games, but um, he does look really good with a with a with a bigger role, and I'm excited to see what it looks like going forward over there. Um, I think that for this year, Harden is still Harden, and I think that that team has a better chance in the playoffs. And I get the idea of maximizing Embiid's prime right now, and not assuming he's just going to be around for five years, all good. Um, but I think going forward, Halliburton and Barnes would have been. Uh, a very nice package, yeah. And last one, and and remember, you don't have to give up the two first round picks there either. Which I, I or Andre Drummond or, or Seth Curry. Would you have traded? Would you rather have traded Ben for CJ McCollum and Robert Covington? Mm, no, 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 no. Because CJ's a bad defender, mm-hmm. and I think and doesn't distribute like like Halliburton or Harden does. And so I think Halliburton is a better defender and also allows Maxi to still do his thing and distribute and like get other guys involved. Um, and Cub would have been nice. Cub had 43 the other yes, night. Yes, we, we, we didn't mention that. He was w- fun. 11 threes. Very he went fun. fucking crazy. What it a weird awesome. team the Clippers are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, look, 
very much looking forward to Harden in the playoffs, hoping and to the to some point very much believing that there's another gear that he'll get to, um, feeling like him being responsible for DeAndre Jordan's corpse on the defensive end is a little unfair, but I want to see more. I believe I will see more, um, and we'll see how how long his relative prime lasts. Otherwise, then yeah, those those other trades, Halliburton, it's at, especially, would have been. Then I won't talk with you. All right, we will talk to you after the regular season, before the playoffs. Are you wow. down with? Then I won't yeah. talk with you. TTP. Yeah. Wow. This is wait. This is this is the last regular season pod. Yes. Okay. I am shedding my regular season skin, and right after this, as soon as we hang up. Okay. Yeah, you know, like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me. Then I, 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 I,